0: If you've got your Bible, go ahead and open it to 1 Samuel chapter 9 as we continue our study. Maybe you want to also take out your journal, um, your 1 Samuel life principle journal, and the principle that you want to write on the line life principle is walk by faith, exclamation point, walk by faith. Now I ask myself, what does this mean? Walk by faith. I hear people say it all the time, it's much easier to walk by sight. I mean, you want me closing my eyes and simply running forward? What does this thing mean to walk by faith? I hear it all the time, but I need to know, how does this phrase, how does this life principle apply to my everyday life experience? I mean, what does it tangibly look like? Well, we know a couple of things. In Hebrews chapter 11, we know that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we know that faith pleases God. And even there in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul says he makes it his aim to please God. So he makes it his desire. He makes it his passion. He makes it his absolute objective in life to please God with a walk by faith. And that's why it's important for us not to misunderstand what this is. It's important for us to understand what it means to walk by faith. Now, first I want to talk about what it's not. I don't think it's a pretentious show of spirituality. I don't think uh, uh, God is, is way too practical to be some pretentious show. I mean, he sent his son, and his son was a simple carpenter. He lived a simple life. He lived a very practical life. And so to be some pretentious show, we would know that Jesus, the Son of God, he actually said to the Pharisees who were very pretentious with their spirituality and this open display of spirituality, he said to them, whoa, that's not at all what this walk by faith is. I don't think that Walking by faith necessarily means you quit your job and quit your life pursuits and you go and live in a a, a monastery as a monastic person. I, I don't necessarily think that that's the walk by faith because Jesus, he didn't take his disciples from the world. They wanted to go. No, he prayed that while they stayed here that they would shine as a light. He prayed that they would be salt on this very mundane, flavorless world. So I don't think the walk by faith necessarily means that we go all and live as monks. But I also don't think that the walk by faith means that we'll always experience miracles, that we'll always walk in this supernatural moment. The New Testament, no, the New Testament actually explains we should be content Content with such things as we have and set our minds on things above when life is crazy or when life is controlled. So I don't necessarily think we're always going to experience miracles and the supernatural in this walk by faith. Most importantly, I don't think the walk by faith is wacky. You ever met like wacky Christians? Like I went to this Christian concert one time and this woman had a butterfly thing around her and she was talking about how she's been transformed and how she's metamorphosizing and she was flapping her wings like this. I'm like, you know, you're just weird and you're freaking people out. And I don't know if that's like a walk by faith. Now, maybe God calls you to wear butterfly wings. I don't know, but... I don't think it's that wacky or paranormal or supernatural, like the super spiritual. Have you ever walked up to someone and say, hey, how you doing? And they go, well, praise God, glory, Jesus, hallelujah, amen, I'm doing great. I don't know if Jesus walked around necessarily speaking King James English. I don't know if he said things like, I knowest thou needeth me. I don't know. I think he was just a normal Joe speaking in a normal Aramaic language. And I don't think it's wacky. I think spirituality and the walk by faith is in the mundane. I think it's waking up and brushing your teeth and going to work and choosing to inject spirituality into our everyday life. In fact, Peter would tell us that God has given us all things. That pertain to life and godliness. And that the walk by faith is right in the midst of the life that you're living right now. Well, it was the life of Saul. And in 1 Samuel chapter 9, if you would go ahead and turn there now, we're going to discover in this very trivial story, the supernatural hand of God in Saul's life as he was walking by faith walking by faith. Let's take a look. First Samuel chapter 9. I'm going to start in verse 1. There was a man. I love the way it starts because God uses people. There was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, son of Abiel, son of Zeror, son of Becherath, son of Appiah, a Benjamite, a man of wealth. So he got money and he had a son and his name was Saul, a handsome young man There was not a man among the people of Israel more handsome than he. From his shoulders upward, he was taller than any of the people. Saul. Saul. For the first time, we get introduced to King Saul. But let's remember, he's not King Saul now. He's Kid Saul. And Saul, the kid, comes from a very long line of faithful men until we get to Kish. And Kish's name begins to indicate to us something gone wrong in the faithful family because Kish's name means bent. Kish took a bend away from faithfulness. Kish took just a little bend towards worldliness. And instead of going the way of the world, it seems that Kish, well, he was more interested in wealth. He was more interested in pursuing the pleasures of the world. And the reason I can even indicate this to you is that Saul grew up only five miles from Samuel and had no idea who the spiritual leader of Israel is. No idea who he was. His servant's going to introduce him to him. Now, can you imagine growing up in a family when I was growing up in my day? It was Billy Graham. And can you imagine if I didn't know who Billy Graham was, and someone said, "Well, have you ever been to a Billy Graham crusade?" And in my generation, I said, "Who's Billy?" People would look at me and go, "Are you? Are you even a Christian?" Imagine Saul. He's got no idea who Samuel is. Kish had taken a bend. And he'd taken a bend away from faithfulness. But Kid Saul, Kid Saul was a good-looking, very tall man. In fact, when you saw him, he was a man's man. When you saw him, you thought for sure, this is the king of Israel. In fact, his name, Saul, it means desired. He was desired by the nation because of what he looked like. He had the look. He had the money. He had the height. This is the guy that you want on your team. But church, remember the life principle last week. Be careful what you ask for. Because I know what's happening in your mind. Saul was the guy that wanted to kill David, right? Saul was filled with jealousy, right? Saul was corrupt to his core, right? Saul wanted to do anything he can to hold on to what God had taken away from him. Well, that's the later King Saul. But that's not who we're talking about now. That's who he became. We're talking about Kid Saul. And what we're gonna see in Kid Saul's life is how God uses this kid to make him a king. And the incredible walk by faith That kid Saul is about to enter. Let's take a look at the first one, verse 3. Now the donkeys of Kish, that's his dad, Saul's father, were lost. So Kish said to uh, Saul, his son, take one of the young men with you and arise, go and look for the donkeys. Verse 4. And he passed, I want you to underline that, and he passed through the hill or the mountain country of Ephraim. He passed through the land of Shalishah, but they didn't find him. They passed through the land of Shalim, but they were not there. Then they passed through the land of Benjamin, but didn't find him. And when they came to the land of Zuf, Saul said to his servant who was with them, Come, let's go back, lest my father cease to care about the donkeys and become anxious about us. We're talking about a walk by faith. And the very first thing I want you to write down is you got to take the first step. It's been said that a journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step. The Bible instead refers to this as going from glory to glory, going from grace to grace. Our walk by faith is one step at a time. Well, let's take a look at this first step. Kish is very concerned about his lost donkeys. They're valuable to him. And this is a man of wealth. And this man of wealth, he don't want to lose any of his wealth. He's so concerned and they're so valuable to him that he sends his son to go and find these donkeys. And Saul immediately obeys him. Now that should ring a bell in our spiritual mind. Because our heavenly father was very concerned about the lost. He was very concerned about humanity separated from God since the Garden of Eden, he sends his son to go and seek and save that which was lost, you and I. Well, like Saul, Saul believed his dad. Saul believed that the donkeys were lost, and so he went. Jesus as well, believing in the Father, he comes and he dies on a cross, and he displays for us the very first step of faith, belief. Believe. Saul didn't go around looking for donkeys. Saul didn't go in the stable and say, Maybe my dad's lying to me. Saul didn't go around in the back of the yard and say, Well, maybe the donkeys are there. No. Saul believed his father and he simply went on a journey to go and seek and save that which was lost. He started the journey. And our first step is to follow in this example, is to believe. Is to believe what the Father has said that he sent his son to die on a cross for you. It's not going around trying to find some other way to get to heaven. It's not going around the back corner thinking that you could get in this way. No, it's a simple belief in the father when he said, I sent my son to die for you. I so love the world that I sent my son. Now, the beauty of our belief is it provides the next step. You see, once we believe like Saul did, we begin to put our belief into practice with our behavior. I asked you to underline it, Saul passed through. He took what he knew and he put it into action. His father said, hey, listen, I want you to go and do something, and he simply did it. And this is the way that our journey begins. When we learn something to be true, we simply put what we've learned into action. Our belief in God begins to affect our behavior. Now, we may not know all. We may not know the entire Bible. I don't expect, and God doesn't expect you to know the whole Bible. But what we have learned, he expects us to put into practice. That's the next step of faith. I want you to see something about this journey. This journey took Saul all over the place. He passed through the mountains of Ephraim. He passed through Shalishah. He passed through Sha'alim. And there's something important you need to see in these names. Because when he passed through the mountains of Ephraim, he had to climb up. But he got to the mountaintop experience. And that's a beautiful thing about our walk by faith. Our walk by faith will have those mountaintop moments. Our kids are about to go to Hume Lake, and I guarantee they're gonna have a mountaintop moment with Jesus. You know what I'm talking about. It's when you feel you're in the throne room with God, your hands are worshiped, tears are flowing down your face, and you feel like you're flying on the heights of eagle's wings, mountaintops. Remember, um, when we first moved here, Patmos, the school of discipleship, was up in Green Valley. And so Zach and I had to travel two or three times a week up the mountain to Green Valley. And I used to love to go up there because the air is crisper. The sky is brighter. There's no traffic. I used to stop at Jensen's just to say hi to the general manager because he was friendly. Like he wanted to say hi to me. And I would just buy something because I wanted to say hi. I mean, it's that kind of experience when you're on the mountain. In the mornings, I would go out to the lookout and I would look all over the valley and see this stunning view giving glory to God. But what I didn't like about the mountain was when I had to come back down and into the valley. And that's what this word Shalishah means it means three valleys. Three valleys. Where three valleys joined together, Saul would have to walk through the valleys. And I don't know if you've ever been on the mountain, but when you're on the mountain, the air is crisp and clear and bright and blue. But when sometimes you're looking down on the valley... There's a blanket of fog, and you actually descend into the fog. And now, like, you really can't see the road. You can't see the person in front of you. It's gloomy. How many of you just know what I'm talking about? It's gloomy. It's dismal. You went from bright and beautiful straight into the fog because valleys, valleys have fog. And there's areas in our life when we're walking by faith just as a part of our walk that things aren't going to seem so clear. Valleys, valleys have got congestion. There's so many things going on all around you all of the time. It can cause you to lose your focus. I don't know if you ever noticed this, but up on the mountain, the road signs are this big because they know you're just focused. But on the 405, they're this big because they know they've got to do everything and anything to get your attention because there's so much congestion all around you. That's a valley. Valleys have turmoil. There's people and problem. In fact, if you notice this word shalisha, three valleys, there's three times more valleys in our life than there are mountaintop experiences. This is a walk by faith. But he also had to pass through shalisha, Alim. And I don't know if you know what this word means, but it means jackals. You know those little beasties that laugh at you, right? And then they eat you. And Saul had to walk through the Valley of Jackals. He's afraid. He's filled with anxiety. He's worried. He's so worried. He says to the servant, "Uh, we better quit um, because I'm sure my dad's very anxious about us." Let me tell you what's happening. This big, tall guy's afraid to say he's afraid. So he goes, he puts it on his father. I'm sure my dad is worried about us, so we need to go back, okay? We're in the Valley of Jackals. This is not what I expected. I mean, we've been through the valleys. I had to climb a mountain. We had a mountaintop experience. I just thought, wait a second, what is going on? Let's go back. And there in his walk by faith, he's discouraged. Come on, Chet. Saul was obedient, Everything goes right when you're obedient, right? I mean, when the Father, our Heavenly Father, tells us to do something, everything goes right. I mean, we go from mountaintop experience to mountaintop experience. I I didn't realize there's gonna be valleys. I especially did not realize there's gonna be a valley of jackals. I mean, come on, is this really the walk by faith? Yeah, it's all part of the journey. In fact, Jesus said, I'm promising you You're going to have tribulation. There's going to be valleys of jackals. There's going to be mountaintop experience. There's going to be valleys that you walk through. This is the walk by faith. You've got to make the decision. Take the first step. Believe. Take the second step and do what I'm asking you to do, no matter what's in front of you. I don't know if I'm into this. I didn't realize there's going to be valleys, but listen, I've got a great news. It's the second point. Would you look at First Samuel chapter 9, verse 6? The servant answers in verse 6 and says to him, Behold, there's a man of God in the city, and he's a man who's held in honor. All that he says comes true, so now let us go there. Perhaps he can tell us the way we should go. Saul said to his servant, But if we go, what can we bring the man? For the bread in our sack is gone, and there's no present to bring to the man of God. What do we have? Servant answered Saul again, here, I have with me a quarter of a shekel of silver, and I'll give it to the man of God to tell us our way. Formerly in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, he said, come, let us go to the seer, for today's prophet was formerly called a seer. Saul, he said to his servant, well said, come, let us go. So they went to the city where the man of God was. I want you to write it down, it's our second point. In this walk by faith through the mountains, the valleys, and even the valley of jackals, we need to be guided by the Spirit of God. Guided by the Spirit of God. Now, this is my prayer for our church. You see, I want to especially highlight verse 7. Take a look at verse 74. Saul says to certain, if we go, what can we bring the man of God? I want all of you thinking about that next week. I want you thinking about, as you're coming to church, what can we bring Chet? I just want to preach this for a little while. I mean, it's in the Bible, okay? I want to think, now, I'm not into bread, okay? I'm not a carb guy. Kit Kats, that's my thing, okay? So if you're coming next week, you want to bring some Kit Kats, that's great. What can we bring Chet? He's giving you the request, okay? No, 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 that's not what this is about. Look at verse eight. The servant goes, hey, I got a quarter shekel. I want you to see the passion of this. I'll give God all that I have. I'll give him everything. I'm gonna give him my time, my talent, and my treasure. Now, listen, if you brought a friend, I'm not about to turn this into a tithing message. That's not where we're going. What I want to point out is the heart of this servant. I'll give God everything. And I want you to see this servant just a little bit closely because I see in this servant something and someone. You see the father, Kish, He doesn't send Saul on his own. He sends the servant with him. And how great is the love of our Father that he sent the promise of the Spirit so that we don't have to do the walk by faith alone. We have the Spirit of God. The Father, Kish, he knew that he would need the servant. The same way the Father knows we would need the Spirit, it's why Jesus said, Don't go anywhere. Wait in Jerusalem. Don't do anything. Wait for the power that comes from on high, the promise of our Father. You need the Spirit of God to protect you. You need the Spirit of God to provide for you. You need the power of the Spirit of God to do this walk by faith. So he says, I want you to wait. And here's why. Do you see what the servant does? Saul wants to quit. Saul's discouraged. He's passed through here. He's passed through here. He's passed through here. And Saul's so discouraged, he wants to give up. But the servant, he encourages him. And I've always found that at my lowest point, the Spirit of God comes alongside me and helps me and encourages me. Now, I know you've heard this, but listen carefully. I ran a half marathon in the Bahamas, okay? Okay. And while I'm in the Bahamas running, I'm at, I know some of you ran marathons, you're like, you know, big deal, but it was a big deal for me, okay? I ran a half marathon. And I'm in my last mile and a half. This 70, 75 year old man starts to pass me. I quit. I'm like, look, I'm like 30 some years old. This is like 10 years ago. I'm like 30 some years old. I'm like, look, I'm done. If I can't beat him, then I, I, shame on you. Just walk off the race, Jet. And he's just running by and he goes, Keep going, champ. I'm like, I wanna, mm. you know, it's like he did it on purpose. He was like letting me know I'm 70 years old and I'm beating you, right? Well, just when I'm about to quit, there's an old Bahamian woman sitting on the sidewalk. And out of her mouth, she must have seen my face, out of her mouth goes, Come on, man, you can keep doing it. Run, man, take another step, make it to the end, man, you can do it, boy. And I looked at her and I said, thank you, Jesus. And I kept running. And I caught that 70-year-old guy. When I passed him, I go, keep going, champ. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing, the family of God, isn't it? And how the Spirit of God is in the family of God. And when we're discouraged, someone calls. Someone text messages. Someone says something to you that at your point where you're just about to quit, the Spirit of God rushes in and he says, I'm with you. What I love about the Spirit is he provides for Saul. Saul is done, Saul is spent he don't got a dime left, he got no bread and the spirit of God says no I'm with you and you've given it all you've got and now I'm gonna take over. It reminds me of like when you're working out, right? And you've got this last set, you're in the last rep, the bar is on you and you're trying your hardest to lift this thing up onto the rack and you can't do it and all of a sudden your spotter puts his two fingers on there and lifts it up and helps you as you're giving it all you've got, the spirit comes alongside and says, I got you for the rest. That's the spirit of our God. It's the servant of Saul. And the servant of Saul, listen to what happens. The servant of Saul, he comes in with an idea. And he says, listen, this is what we can do. Saul's out of ideas. Saul wants to quit. Saul wants to give up. But the spirit of God always gently whispers into our heart a truth to keep us on the straight and narrow. Now look how the Spirit guides. He tells Saul, hey Saul, let's go to church. That's basically what he says. Let's go to the man of God. Let's go to where he's at. And let's hear what God has to say. He will guide us. He'll direct us. We need to go and be guided by the Spirit through the Word of God. Gang, this is why we do a reading plan here. We do a reading plan because we want you to get into the Word. We want you to have personal, private time with the Word so that the Spirit can use the Word to guide you. This is why you come to church. You come to church so that you can hear the word of God and so that you can allow the word of God to guide you throughout the course of your week. And here's how it happens. In the course of your week, when you have a need to be guided to walk by faith, the spirit comes in. Let me give you an example. You're on the 405, you've been in traffic. And all of a sudden, you see a lane that's open. And by the grace of God, like the Red Sea, you don't know how it's opened up. There's no cars in this lane, but you're there. You put your signal on, and you get in that lane, and right as you are getting in that lane, someone cuts you off and gets in the lane, and then all these cars start coming in, and now you can't get the takeaway. All of a sudden, your flesh begins to boil. And you want to wave your hand. Not a friendly hello gesture. But you want to do something so that in his rear view mirror, he can see that you are. And then all of a sudden, the Spirit of God comes in. Turn the other cheek. Be kind one to another. It's your choice at that point. That's a walk by faith. You've learned the word. The Spirit of God whispers into your heart the truth of the Word, and now you've got a choice as to which hand movement you're going to make. (laughs) Will you listen to the whisper and walk by faith? Or will you make a decision in your flesh? This is a walk of the Spirit. Now, here's the amazing thing. He doesn't just use the Word. God's Spirit is so powerful, He uses our life experiences We call them god not coincidences. He just puts the perfect person in the perfect place and arranges our life at the right moment so that thing happens. It's what God does. Take a look if you would. Let's go with the stories. We see him walking by faith. So they decide to do what the servant says, and as they went up the hill to the city, they met young women coming out to draw water and said to them, is the seer here? They answered, he is. Behold, he's just ahead of you. Hurry, he has come just now to the city because the people have sacrificed today on the high place. As soon as you enter the city, you will find them before he goes up to the high place to eat. For the people will not eat till he comes. Since he must bless the sacrifice afterward, those who are invited will eat. Now, go up, for you will meet him immediately. Gentlemen, we learned something incredible about women with this answer. If this was two men walking down, Saul would have gone, hey, is the seer here? The two men would have gone, yes. That would have been it. (laughs) Not these two girls. Okay? Here's what happens. Hey, is the seer here? Oh, is he here? And he's about to do a great feast. Now, if you go up to the left and then go to the right and then you go to this big bush and then all of a sudden you will see all of these people and they're there for the fist. Now, it's going to be a great feast. So, you need to be able to just go right on. And they go on and on. We're learning a great lesson. Now, listen, here's the deal. If it was two guys, it would have been, Yes. He's here, but not our gals. They want him to get the point. They want to communicate very clearly. And I begin to ask myself, why such a long-winded answer? Okay, let me explain. Single women would go and get the water, not married women. You got two single gals looking at the most beautiful man they'd ever seen in their entire life he's taller than any Israeli you could ever have imagined he's big, he's brawn he's beautiful, they walk down they see him and he goes to a question is the seer here? you know what they heard? do you want to marry me? (laughs) that's what they heard gentlemen, be careful with your questions, I'm telling you they heard, do you want to marry me? And they said, yes. And can we go with you to the feast? Because you're a beautiful... Hey, Sarah, do you see him? His name means desired. I want him. Give him... Let's spend as much time with him as we can. Let's tell him where the seer is. Let's tell him the whole culture of our community. We want desire. And Saul's like, is he here or not, right? Saul's on a mission. He's walking by faith. But these gals are looking at Saul. Let me tell you, Saul was wealthy, not only good looking. Saul didn't wear cloaks from Target. No, he wore Calvin cloaks. Kish was very good to make sure that he had Gucci garb and he had Louis Vuitton sandals on. I mean, Saul was the part. And they're looking at this wealthy, good looking guy whose name is Desire saying, I want him. They give this long winded answer for their desire of Saul. They're just looking at the outside. They don't know who Saul's going to become. They're just looking at what they want. They're asking for something that they don't even realize what they're asking for. And they give this incredibly long answer thinking that Saul's exactly what they want and desire. They're trying to win him over. But I want you to see something in Samuel, because Samuel is going to display for us the spiritual walk guided by the Spirit. Now, the day before Saul came, verse 15, the Lord had revealed to Samuel, tomorrow about this time I will send you to a man from the land of Benjamin. You shall anoint him to be prince over my people Israel. He shall save my people from the hand of the Philistines. For I've seen my people because their cry has come to me. When Samuel saw Saul, the Lord told him, here's the man. Now, the reason I'm whispering is because that Hebrew word is, he whispered in his ear, okay? Here's the man of whom I spoke to you. He it is who shall restrain my people. A walk by faith is guided by the Spirit. Samuel is setting for us an example of what a walk by faith looks like. He's in Ramah. He's busy about ministry. He's not just sitting there waiting around for who's gonna be king. No, he's doing sacrifices. He's ministering. He's teaching. He's just doing his thing. He's busy about the work of the Lord. Here's our walk by faith. And he's in prayer. He's not quick to say, you're the king or you're the king. No, no, no. He's told all the people from chapter eight, you guys need to go home. We're gonna seek God. And there he is in Ramah. He's just in prayer. He's in connection with God so that he can be led by the Spirit. And one day as he's praying, God says, I'm sending the guy tomorrow. Samuel don't know who he is. He doesn't know what he looks like. All he has is the whisper. He's been in the Word. He's been in prayer. But he knows that God has spoken to him. And the reason he knows God has spoken to him and the reason and the way that you can know that God is speaking to you is the Spirit always operates in Peace. And a peace that surpasses understanding will fill you. And you'll know it's God. And then the next day, Samuel's walking around. Samuel, hey, that's the guy. He's so walking by faith, guided by the Spirit, in the Word of God, believing in God. Samuel walks right up to Saul. And Saul says, hey, I need the seer. I'm him. And God puts all the pieces into place with a walk by faith.